People do yoga and get the most psychological ailments of any human, I mean, any type of people. So whatever the heck they're doing, I don't think it's working that well. Hmm. It's like masking it. I'll tell you what fixes mental problems in my experience. Yeah. Not as a, I'm not a psychologist. Some of it's genetic and some of it's hormonal and some of it's diet and some of it's the fact that people yeah, don't a lot exercise. Of sure. But I promise you, not being connected into the natural cycles that we evolved to be in part of is the biggest problem. And I've confirmed this with scientists like Dr. David Buss. One of the big things that the Amish have the most is that humans are meant to live in community life, not as independent organisms. And the reason, like loneliness, I read some statistics how much loneliness is jacked up because there's a scientist, Robin Dunbar, in England, and he's a very famous sociologist, and he found this thing called Dunbar's number, which means humans are adapted or evolved to living in groups where you knew about 150 people. Mm -hmm. Our brains can handle about 150 relationships without feeling overloaded. It's enough, but it's not too small that you feel lonely. And so in cities... And in modern life, especially with the advent of the nuclear family, which happened, let's say, in the 1950s when people left rural upbringings, you had a spike and increase in these things. That's why I think divorce is up. Mm-hmm. That's why depression's at a halt time, uh, especially for women. Mm-hmm. Depression's gone up for women, which is interesting. I'm not exactly sure why women more than men, but... It's very clear in the last 50 years, women's depression. Men's is, are a little less happy. I think men are more oblivious. Yeah. They're not sensitive. <laughs> They're like, ah, I have a football game on. I'm good. Whereas women are more like in tune with that something's wrong. All right. And so you have to be in a community of like-minded people. And you don't have to be Amish. But that's why I always say you have to create your own bubble. Yeah. You, uh, I think you talked about it once. Uh, you know, think like having a president's cabinet. You know, yes. Start with a exactly. start with a you know fifteen generals, and then yep. you know work from there. Yeah, have different yeah, the ones make war with trust. a multitude of right. counselors. Right. Yeah, you have that, and you know, there's things I've read. Interesting article of a scientific. I forget who did this science, but um, for example, you're happier, and this is all happening at a subconscious level. By the way, you don't actually go. I feel happier. But we're programmed, for example, and this is why Joel raises chickens out on pasture, because they're programmed to be scratching around. So if you put them on a concrete surface like factory farms, their brain subconsciously computes something wrong. Their stress levels go up, their health goes down, and you get less high-quality food. Yeah. With humans, okay, when you take them out of a natural cycle, you don't compute, oh, I'm looking at my watch too much. Oh, I'm looking at the blue light, which is keeping me awake. Oh, I'm living by a calendar and can't, oh my, I can't thank God for Friday, you know, TGIF. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so, but what happens is subconsciously, you're becoming unhappy and people's cortisol levels go up without you even realizing it. So the key to life is trying to, you can never get back to the land completely in the modern world. And you don't even need to. You still want to use, if you break your arm, you want to go to the hospital. You know, you don't want to be using 
1700 comfrey poultice on right herbs from the field yeah yeah. i mean you use that for minor stuff but you know there's a time when you're gonna want antibiotics if you have right you have meningitis or something yeah yeah penicillin saved a lot of lives and things but in general as much as you can you line yourself up with the natural cycles you surround yourself with animals this is what i was saying the science a long time ago is if you don't see different generations every day you're less happy so you notice there back mm. at Joel's farm when we were eating yeah. at dinner, they had like the kids, little kids there. Yeah. And it brings up, I was watching Multiple. everybody. There's a little yeah. kid that was like a one-year-old girl, cute little baby, you know? Yeah. Everybody who walks by smiles automatically yeah. when you see a little baby, yep. you smile. You go to Los Angeles, there's not a, I mean, I live in Beverly Hills. There isn't a baby that I see ever. Maybe, oh, yeah. you know, you can go a whole day. Yeah. And oh, you can walk down Rodeo Drive. You can oh, just see nothing. like just it's and in yeah, Hollywood, it's all eyes. the same generation. Yeah. yeah. So that's the other thing. You should see older people. Yeah. Like you know, Joel's grandma lives on the farm. She's ninety-four. It also is nice to see an old lady. Yeah. You can he ask lives right him. next to him. Yeah, and here yeah. on the Amish farm, I have a young guy working for me, uh, Amish guy, but I also have a. a older guy and guess what he knows all kinds of little tricks he showed me a knot yeah that he learned from his grandfather on that jo- was it joseph yeah, yeah it never tightens yeah so you tie the horses with it if you have yeah. to untie it no matter how much the horse pulled it never tightens right. i think it's a bowline or one of those well that guy I'm, I'm i was really impressed with him more so than david david was you know david's this gigantic amish guy it's funny but well, David's Joseph, younger. He doesn't have all the tricks up his sleeve. Yeah, but Joseph just yeah. really impressed me. Yeah, he had all those tricks. And, and he's like 72. Like, yeah, and he was yeah. like working like a 21-year-old. Yeah. You know? But and He had the, so much energy. Because you know? he's connected to the land. He lives right. in a, I mean, he's connected to the cycles of life. Right. He's, you know, he has 10 kids, by the way. Not, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Jen. how many grandkids he's say? So, I don't know. Sometimes yeah. they'll have more than they can remember. Yeah. 80, 100. <laughs> yeah. He probably has great grandkids. Yeah. I would say he's coming up on. But you just see it on his face. He's And the, here's the last thing I would say. There's so much you can talk about this. But one of the last things is, and people really forget this one, and people misuse this term. So I hate to use it, being in the moment. But it is nothing like what most people think being in the moment is. I've seen, there's Eckhart Tolle, Wrote the book Power of Now. Oprah Winfrey really got behind it. I've mm-hmm. read some of those books. And newer, I think. I think it was yeah, I one. think yeah. they are on the right track. Right. But the think of it this way: the destination I agree with. The road they think to get there, I don't think I agree. I don't think most people can do it. It's like that book describes. Like it's almost like you go internally, you meditate. You see a lot of people doing yoga and meditating. I'll tell you this right now, because I've done more personality tests than almost any human in history. I did 300,000 already this year. I've taken my quiz. It's not my quiz. I compiled it for different quizzes. And here's the thing. People do yoga, get the most psychological ailments of any human, I mean, any type of people. So whatever the heck they're doing, I don't think it's working that well. Hmm. It's like masking it. I'll tell you what fixes mental problems in my experience. Yeah. Not as a, I'm not a psychologist. Some of it's genetic and some of it's hormonal and some of it's diet and some of it's the fact that people yeah, don't a lot exercise. Of sure. But I promise you, not being connected into the natural cycles that we evolved to be in, uh, part of 
is the biggest problem. And I've confirmed this with scientists like Dr. David Buss, you know, he taught at Harvard. Yeah. And he's, what did he say? He calls it evolutionary mismatch. And he said most of the problems in the modern world, just take a simple one, obesity and being overweight. 60 to 70% of Americans are obese and overweight. Why? It's very simple. If you consume too many calories and you don't move around a lot. Yeah. Okay. And you're... You have excess that is stored as fat. It's yeah. like that is how all animals work, by the way. You can make your dog fat, your cat fat. You can make a cat fat, uh, a cow fat, yeah. a horse. You just feed it and don't let it move around. Yeah. And if it's if it burns 3,000 calories a day, feed it 4,000. And so what happens is we've created food systems. There's a good book on this called uh, Salt, Sugar, and Fat. I don't know if you read this book. It's wild because it talks about how the food companies now yeah. purposely trick your taste buds, for example, by putting so much salt in the sugar that you keep eating. You know how they say, like, you can't just eat one, what is it, Pringles or Oreos or something? Yeah. Yeah, because they engineer it, like, diabolically. They're like mad scientists. Like, how can yeah. people eat Keep way too this. many Oreos? Yeah. Yeah. Or so, McDonald's, too. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then you have 10% of kids yeah. treat, or, you know, 10% of kids under five years old now? Are overweight or obese? As rising, too. dude. It used yeah. to be zero. Yeah. You ask somebody who's 50, 60, 70 years old, who was obese in their elementary school, they'd be like, "What are?" It was 100. percent I mean, there's always kids who are stockier. That is a brand new phenomenon, and that's what Doctor Bus calls evolutionary mismatch. But at the end of the day, it's not a lot of practical stuff. You know, one of the cool companies that that uh, one of my sponsors, Skillshare, I like them because they're an online learning platform. They got 20,000 different classes in design, business, technology. You know, they got social media stuff, as you know, I like photography, creative writing. One day, our, I think our grandkids will look back and go, you went to like a classroom. You went to a school. You took a school bus. Everything is going to go online. Companies like Skillshare, you know, it's similar to what I do in just going, look, let's skip the 20 years. Let's be 20 years ahead of the learning curve. So if you want to deepen your professional skill set, you want to start a side hustle, explore a new passion, check out Skillshare. It's one of those things. If I had a time machine, I'd be like, give me this when I was 19 years old. For example, for me, I think something real practical is like a class in graphic design. Just something simple, even if you're not gonna be a graphic designer because the world's moving towards websites, marketing. If you have that eye, you know you know a few little practical skills like that. Photography, I like. I like writing, I do a lot of copywriting. So that's something that's on Skillshare that I think is kind of cool because those are things even now, I'm always buying books. But if you can learn it online, in like an online library. I love that. So join millions of students already learning on Skillshare today. They did a special offer just for my listeners. So they're going to give you two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. Can't beat that, right? It's cheaper than uh, Netflix. (laughs) So yeah, that's right. Skillshare is offering Ty Lopez Show's listeners two months of unlimited access to over 20,000 classes for just 99 cents. So just go to Skillshare.com slash uh, TAI, my name.
skillshare.com slash tie. Again, go to skillshare.com slash tie to start your two months now. Start learning all the stuff they should have taught you in school. Okay, very important in life and business and entrepreneurship and making money. Don't mess up your accounting. One of the biggest practical things I'd change if I could go back and, you know, I started as an entrepreneur when I was 19. Just keep better books. It's a pain in the butt. And once you get it wrong, it's hard to fix and it's expensive to fix and it takes a lot of labor. So, you know, if you've outgrown something like QuickBooks, or, trying, or, or Excel spreadsheets, manually doing your accounting, legacy systems costing you a crazy amount of time, money, headache. Move your business to the cloud. One of my sponsors is NetSuite by Oracle. It's a it's business management software, pretty much handles every aspect of your business on the, on the cloud. So you can manage sales, finance, accounting, orders, HR instantly from your desks. Or phone. It's cool. Got the phone. I always like things that I can do on my phone. Thousands of the biggest brands in the world, fastest growing companies are using NetSuite. Larry Ellison, Oracle. It's a massive company. So it's now available to you, even if you're not, you know, a massive corporation. You got the power of the world's most powerful cloud management system in an affordable package. So right now, uh, NetSuite is going to off- NetSuite's going to offer you valuable insight for free. So don't miss out. They're, they got a guide, which I think is good. I always believe. I always like books and reading and stuff. They call it crushing the five barriers to growth. You're going to learn how to acquire customers, profits, and get real visibility into your cash flow. Because if you don't measure, you don't know what to fix. You don't know what to improve. So it's all about that measurement. Here's the thing. So to get this NetSuite's guide, which is called Crushing the Five Areas of Growth, just uh, go to netsuite.com slash tie. My name, by the way, is spelled T-A-I. So just go to netsuite.com slash T-A-I. Then download their free Crushing the, the, the Five Areas of Growth, okay? netsuite.com slash T-A-I. The irony of talking about returning to nature while you got a new truck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is not really natural. But that you know, for example, how much did you walk since you've been on this farm? Oh, one day alone, I did uh, twenty-five thousand steps, which was equivalent to eleven point three miles. Yeah, and here's the thing: one day, and the day before, I mean, I'm just kind of basing it off Armin, but Armin, um, I just flown in from LA. I only did like. One mile, yeah. One and a so half. So you miles. eleven exit. Yeah. And here's the thing. Humans. There's a great book on this called The Story of the Human Body. It's by this Lieberman Harvard paleoanthropologist, and he says he studied this human skeleton, and you can use things. So you can tell the difference between humans, for example, and gorillas. By the way, our hips are turned. By the way, our knees are pointed. Um, gorillas, for example, are not meant to walk upright super long periods of time. So, like gorillas, you know, eventually go down on their four, fours. Right. Yeah. And so, it would be a mismatch for to take a gorilla and make them walk. You know. Um, so, he studied the human skeleton, 
and it's very clear, humans are designed to walk four to 10 miles a day, even sometimes, you know, 20, 30 miles. And that's how our ancestors walked, that we inherited their body. We're still basically the same body that your aunt, your great grandparents had 10,000 years ago. Yeah. And nothing changed that much in 10,000 years. So the problem is with people not being connected to the land and nature and cycles, you don't have community, you don't have good food, you're watching a clock nine to five, you're sitting all the time, yeah. you're not having to walk anywhere. Right. Also, not as much purpose. When you ha- are connected to the nature, especially when you take care of animals and take care of plants, oh, yeah, you, you feel, have a purpose. You feel that purpose. People can for teach sure. their kids. Like yeah. when you, I see people in the city uh, versus like Amish kids who are like way happier. Yeah. But the Amish give their kids. I remember Sam Chup, David, who now David Chup. I don't know if you met him. He's older. He's like he was one of the ones that helped you catch the cows that you guys. Oh lost. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember David, the yeah. real nice one. Yeah, he was okay. one, He was one of his help. He actually captured him. Yeah, uh, it, and he uh, was like, "Jump on the tree if it attacks you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the uh, cow almost charged him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so David, I when I was here, he was a little boy, and I remember one day his dad at the dinner table, at the breakfast table, was just like, "I'm very." I want you to know something, David. You really hurt the cow today because you forgot to milk it. When you don't milk it, it literally causes pain for the cow. And he's like, you just, you know, I'm disappointed that you're just thinking about yourself and you're not taking care of this animal that you were entrusted with and you really caused a lot of pain. And I saw David's face, like, he was, like, sad. So when he gives chores... And he's connected to, to the land. It has meaning to the kid. Right. When you try to impose weird things like, okay, sweep the floor. You know, like, it's like chores. Yes, it's important you clean the house. But it's not, you don't feel like a per. You can't say There's to them, no purpose. oh. no purpose. No sense yeah. of purpose to it. Oh, the floor is really in pain because it wasn't swept. No. Right. So being in touch with animals teaches kids you could call responsibility a more scientific word is something called conscientiousness, which is a combination. And by the way, for those people listening that want to become more successful, if you ask a scientist who studies uh, workplace psychology and they study why some people make more money than others, why some people are better leaders, why some people advance and get promoted more, it boils down to this one conglomeration of personality factors called conscientiousness, which is a combination of organization, perfectionism, diligence, and prudence. So if you go through those four, when you're connected to the cycles of real life, nature, which is real, everything, like air conditioning ain't real. Nature's real. A hurricane's real. Rain is real. Yeah sun rising and falling and going to bed when the sun goes down and waking up when it, that's real and uh, what happens with this conscientiousness that we should have all learned because it will help us be more successful is you can teach it to kids in context so for example like I was saying <clears throat> perfectionism is one thing that Sam was teaching his son David. He because David had just forgotten 
to right. milk the cow. He hadn't done it maliciously. So <clears throat> David now learned, okay. There's like a deeper emotional resonance there. Yeah, but also on a real practical level, Yeah, David goes, okay, every day before I come into breakfast, let me double check in my mind with a mental checklist. Right. What was I supposed to do this morning? Okay, that's perfectionism. Double right. checking your work. Right. And I can't tell you, somebody who hires people, this people have gar- this garbage out there because, in terms of people's work skills, because you get people who just do stuff, don't double check their work, and it causes catastrophe. And I'm like, an extra 30 seconds of double checking your work. There's a reason airplane pilots don't just jump on the plane and take off. They have a checklist and they go, all right, confirm, double check yeah. that the ailerons go up and down and that the wheel goes up and down and that we have power. They, nothing's left to randomness. But yeah, so pilots know how to be conscientious, but people growing up now and then people can't figure out why they're broke. Another thing yeah. is diligence, meaning most things, you there's two to three obstacles before you reach your goal. Almost, I don't care if you're trying to lose weight, if you're trying to start a business, you're trying to make money, you're trying to improve your social circle. Nothing goes smoothly. They call it Murphy's Law. So diligent people versus non-diligent is they push through the barriers and keep knocking the barriers down till they reach the end goal. And again, when you're connected kids that are being raised by parents that are connected in the cycle, they see why they need to be diligent. It's not just their parents. Like you see parents nowadays are like, you need to do your social studies homework. Well, kids are like, why? Right. They don't want to be diligent. So it's almost like we unlearn and un-deprogram kids to make them less diligent, aka less conscientious. And then you have prudence, which is we were talking about Armin falling behind us. Prudence is making good decisions. And so when a kid's growing up, like an Amish kid or Joel Salton's son, Daniel, you're like, all right, do we cut the hay today? Because if it rains, it's going to mess it up. But if we let it, if we don't cut it because we think it's going to rain, it gets too old and it's not good not hay good. anymore. Right. So you learn like little mini practices of making decisions versus like Armand, who's following behind me in my other truck right now. <laughs> who I w- he was following me at like one inch behind my car. And I'm like, what the heck's wrong with you? Don't follow me that close. You're going to crash my two cars, brand new trucks into each other. So then I like tell him to back off and he backs off 100 yards behind me. So he'll lose me following. Him. I'm like, dude, be prudent. Make the optimal decision. That's a balanced one, not two feet behind me and not 200 feet. How about, you know, 20 feet yeah, or 30 or 40 or whatever. Yeah. And so you learn now to conscientious. And the last one's organization. And that Amish, Joel Salton's very organized. Oh, yeah. Every morning when I'd wake up there at Joel's after breakfast, he would take a little, Joel's very frugal. So he would take the back of envelopes. He had opened letters because he didn't want to have to buy paper. <laughs> That's how frugal for him that Joel, Joel is. Um, and he would write out the day's plan. Write it out. And Jim Rohn, the great life coach who actually trained Tony Robbins, you know, the most famous and life he's coach. OG. Jim Rohn used to say, plan tomorrow today. Yeah. And I can't tell you how much stuff, and that includes something I call sitting in a chair. Yeah. You got to sit in a chair for 10 minutes a day. The, the most, if you're listening, the biggest thing that can change your life 
is sitting in a chair 10 minutes a day with a yellow notepad, a pen, and just deeply thinking through, but not shallow, not like, I'm depressed, or I'm not making enough money, or I want to start my own business, but like going multiple levels deep, like, I'm depressed. Why am I depressed? Well, my girlfriend broke up with me. Kind of brainstorming it on this? Yes. But going deep, I call it multi-level, not multi-level like uh, Amway, or Herbalife, but deep thought is what I, I just call it deep thinking session for 10 minutes. You just write out stuff. Sometimes I draw stuff. Joel did that every day. The Amish do that every day. And they do it the day before, which is always the best. If you really want to be productive, plan tomorrow, today. 